If you're a medical student and you want to make your pediatric attending mad, one of the easiest ways is to say something like, aren't kids just little adults anyway? Pediatric medicine is very different from adult medicine and requires different strategies and different ways of thinking. Our patients often can't describe what they are feeling and their choices are often made by someone else. Often developing a treatment plan is a family affair. This is a Cook Children's Podcast. Welcome to Pediatric Leadership, the new medicine with Dr. Justin Smith, helping physicians become innovators in medicine. Now, here's Dr. Justin Smith. Today, our guest is Jason Turk. He's a general pediatrician at Cook Children's Keller Parkway. He has held several positions of leadership in the Cook Children's system, and he currently serves with the Texas Medical Association as a member of the Council of Legislation. He is also the immediate past president of the Texas Pediatric Society. Jason, thanks so much for coming on today. You're welcome. So, one of the things I want to talk to you about is you've held several positions of leadership, but tell me a little bit about what it means to be the president of the Texas Pediatric Society. What does that mean for, what do you do when you're in that role? Well, you know, um, when you're uh, leading an organization of pediatricians, it's it's a little bit different than than when you're in a leadership position in, in other medical contexts, where you're where it's uh, sort of the house of medicine, where you have lots of different specialties. Um, our, our advocacy role as pediatricians uh, is much more uh, natural and um, and familiar when you're leading an organization like Texas Pediatric Society. We we all are fighting for the pretty much the same sort of overall. Overarching goals um, in in the Texas Pediatric Society um, um, as president, I uh, it was really a matter of deciding really what priorities we wanted to try and and set for ourselves uh, over the over the following year, and 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 to try to orient and align everybody uh, as much as possible to achieve those goals. Um, in an organization like the Texas Medical Association, where pediatrics is a small sliver of a, of a larger group of, of physicians of lots of different specialties. Um, the, the role of pediatrics and pediatrician leaders, leaders is a little bit different um, because you have to figure out a way to make what what you what you care about work in that environment, which is qualitatively different. Um, it, it's kind of interesting in in, the, in an organization like Texas Medical Association. Um, they have a, a very broad. Um, uh, set of things that they're trying to achieve, and and some of them are are um, sort of nitty gritty, uh, uh, difficult political issues um, that they really need pediatrics to help them with because we represent what we like to call white hat issues. Um, generally, when pediatricians are advocating for things, we're advocating for things which are not going to be financially self serving, um, or we're not. We're not, we're not generally going for the same kind of things that other specialties are doing, uh, trying to go for, like protecting scope of practice as much or trying to advocate for proper, uh, proper uh, reimbursements for uh, this kind of um, uh, procedure or whatever it might be. We care about public health issues like vaccinations and obesity and, and, and those sort of things that, that people will line up and say, you know, um, those are really important things to, 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 to shoot for. And so our issues as white hat issues allow uh, large organizations like the TMA to pursue the not so quite white hat issues that that are important to to the larger house of medicine. Yeah, so that's interesting. I hadn't thought of it that way, but yeah, certainly when you're in a room with pediatricians, you probably all agree that most of the things you're advocating for are good things and very very important. But lining them up one through five is probably the bigger challenge. That's right, and and as a leader. 
uh, of an organization of pediatricians, it's it's a matter of figuring out how to have good alignment with with everybody so that you can have not just activity but progress. And you served on the Texas Pediatric, I mean, as the president for, that was a one-year term, is that right? Yeah, it is a one-year term as president, but it's sort of a three-year experience. Um, you're president-elect, which, which sort of prepare yourself, and then you're president, and then you're immediate past president. So it's sort of a three-year gig. Okay. Uh, um, but it, it's a busy time, especially when uh, it's during a legislative session, which is, which is what was happening in my years of service. Yeah, and you've, you've done quite a bit of um, testifying uh, in the Texas um, Senate and House of Representatives. It, it was that, that's something, though, that you've been doing for a long time. Yeah, I think that my uh, work uh, doing legislative advocacy was an important preparation for me leading TPS. Uh, I, I was the co-chair of the legislative committee for TPS for about four or five years. And uh, so I had about three sessions to experience uh, either in a supportive or leading role um, uh, for, for legislative advocacy. Yeah, and we all recognize, like as pediatricians, how that's a particular challenge, I guess, in pediatrics is that, you know, you're down there with the legislature and the people you're advocating for aren't voters, but you're down there trying to fight for their health issues. Like, tell me about that a little bit. Like, what, what, how does that present challenges for you? Well, I think pediatricians, as, as a general rule, are, are sort of wide-eyed, idealistic people. We, we have sort of an idealized way we think the world should be for our, for our patients. And you have to uh, understand very quickly that if you want to achieve things in the public policy arena, you have to temper your idealism with, with pragmatism. And you have to understand what isn't necessarily what's ideal, but what's practicable. And figuring out what your political capital is, how much you have, and how you want to spend it. Um, and what you potentially can achieve in the political uh, environment that you're operating in, which in Texas is unique. Yeah, and, and practical, but also maybe get a little bit, you know, means not the right word, but, you know, pediatricians are nice, and sometimes that doesn't get you where you need to get when you're, when you're dealing with people who have other things on their agenda. I mean, would you agree with that? Or We really have a specific number of things that we can rely upon. And, and one of them is, is that we are nice people. Uh, that's the general view of people of pediatricians. And, and everybody generally likes their pediatrician or their, their memory of who their pedi- pediatrician was. I think pediatricians are most guilty of not properly leveraging uh, the, that political capital. Um, we tend to be sort of bashful about trying to exercise power when we really need to. Um, so I, I wouldn't say that we need to get mean, but we need to get smart and we need to figure out how, how to properly uh, leverage our political capital. And so uh, I think that it's a matter of knowing who your audience is. It's a matter of knowing what you potentially can achieve. Um, it's, it's a matter of knowing how to respond to things in a way that uh, is going to further your, your agenda as opposed to necessarily doing what necessarily feels right. Yeah, maybe, maybe not getting mean is right, but not being passive for sure. Absolutely. Okay. What, what other challenges um, do you think stand out as um, being a pediatric leader? Is there something else that you find unique to the, to the position? I can se- tell you that, um, that as leader of the Texas Pediatric Society, it was a goal of mine to try and, and line up what basically is a herd of cats sometimes <laughs> to try, to try and, and, and get some specific things done. And, and I don't think that that's necessarily unique to being a pediatric leader, but it is, it's, it's sort of one of those things that, that crosses all leadership um, roles if, that, that are 
where you have an opportunity to achieve some good things. I think leadership is, is in many respects, a way of learning how to leverage power, uh, both positional power and relationship power to achieve beneficent goals uh, and, and common goals. Um, I, I think we, uh, my cat analogy was not just intended to be funny, but it's actually true. I mean, we, we generally, as, as physicians, tend to be a fractious bunch. We like to be kind of captains of our own ships. It's sometimes hard for us to figure out how to work together uh, in, in, a, in a competent way to achieve common goals. Yeah, and certainly also when you get to the role of leadership in something like Texas Pediatric Society, where it's not just general pediatricians or just some, a certain subspecialty, well, they, we all have different ideas about what is important. Yeah, you have you have clashes between town and gown. You have uh, clashes between um, special specialists and and primary care pediatricians. Um, we all have different outlooks and perspectives. And perfect example is, is are controversies relating to you know how you handle unvaccinated. Uh, patients. And what we found is that many, this is a generalization, but for the most part, private practice pediatricians have one point of view about, well, I have sort of a responsibility for the environment that I'm practicing in and, and making sure that people are, are well protected and, and I'm not contributing to uh, potential increased risk in my environs versus uh, many, many folks who are in academia who don't necessarily have that sense of ownership of the environment that they're working in, um, where they have much, a much more sort of holistic, broad view of we need to serve all the kids, et cetera, et cetera. Now, those things are not, one's not better or, or worse. Uh, they're just different perspectives. Right. And that plays out in a ton of arenas, not just vaccinations. I'm sure it's all over the place. Absolutely. All right. So uh, looking forward, you know, I feel like it's a really um, the environment and the landscape of pediatrics is really changing, I think, quickly. Um, I probably every generation has felt that it's not nothing unique to ours. But are there some particular sort of challenges you see on the horizon, um, you know, maybe that you see from your practice or from your time um, in leadership that you say, man, it's really important that we get some strong leaders ready to address these issues uh, coming up? Well, historically, pediatricians and pediatrics have, have had issues that are unique to our specialty and, and have not really crossed lines to the adult specialties. Uh, and we sort of have been playing in our own uh, sandbox uh, over, the, over the last you know, couple of decades. But that really is changing, in my opinion. I think that some of the forces that have been uh, impacting upon adult medicine will ultimately um, finally come down to impact upon us. And, and um, you know, talk, you look at things like um, price transparency uh, and balance billing and those kind of things that, that have really been a very hot topic that have affected uh, adult specialties, I think are going to come into play for, for uh, pediatricians, especially as uh, we begin to see uh, the uh, broadening of narrow networks that are going to capture even private practice pediatricians off guard. Um, our, our colleagues that are that are hospital-based uh, pediatric specialists are already beginning to experience these things. And so pediatricians are going to have to get familiar with these issues. They're going to have to figure out how to, how to learn how to work with our adult colleagues uh, as we try to navigate what are are not straightforward uh, issues uh, for everybody. And, and uh, uh, that's one, I think, important challenge. I think uh, another very important challenge, just more specific to pediatrics, is, you know, I mentioned vaccines, but, you know, one of the things we're really doing quite poorly at right now is, is provision of the human papillomavirus vaccination. And, and I think we especially have to swallow hard and understand what we're not doing as well as we could uh, and, and do a much better job with what is uh, a vaccine-preventable disease that causes cancer. 
Yeah, and I think I think it's one of those things where, like, one of the things I'm seeing is that these new things are on such different arenas. You know, whether it's delivery of medical care, um, you know, like you'd mentioned, price transparency and you know, ACO models. And I just feel like it's kind of a time where no one person can lead in all of those arenas. So it seems like finding people who can do each one is important. Well, you know, that means that we pediatricians have to get involved in the larger organizations of medicine, and where we historically have not been as as uh, broadly in, involved, uh, um, depending on where you are, the the pediatric community can be fairly provincial, um, and uh, and so we have to kind of break out of that model. Otherwise, we're going to kind of look around and say, what happened? And so we got to get involved with our county medical societies. We got to get more involved with our state medical association. We certainly need to be involved uh, in our in our um, state uh, chapter of the American Academy of Pediatrics, which is the Texas Pediatric Society. Sure, and in this line of thinking about you know uniqueness of pediatric leadership, is there anything else you'd like to add? Well, um, I think my my final point that I just made is probably the most important one. Um, uh, we we have to figure out uh, better ways of collaborating with with not just within our specialty, but also uh, with our adult colleagues. Learn from them, um, and and we can also share our own knowledge about things that are going to be rel- more relevant to them. Um, we have to figure out um, how to do that better, and it's a skill that we've not had, and and we need to do better with. Uh, that's that's great. Yeah. So let's we're gonna hit up a couple final questions before we conclude, and um, I sent those over to you. I hope you had a chance to look at it. So, uh, what part of your work are you most proud of? Well, I, I would say the my my time as uh, president of the Texas Pediatric Society is something that I'm I'm, I'm really uh, got a lot of satisfaction about um, for a couple of reasons. Number one, uh, I, I would say that that organization is is one of the ones that I'm most fond of um, because it does a lot of important work. Um, it, it is uh, an organization that I've got a lot of uh, wonderful relationships in um, where I've been able to work collaboratively with, with people to achieve uh, uh, things that I think are meaningful. Um, and and having the opportunity to lead an organization that you're very fond of uh, and that you have a, a great affinity for uh, is especially rewarding. Um, I w- I'm, I'm happy that we were able to achieve much of what I had set out to do at the beginning of my term. Um, and, and as I look at the organization, I see it continuing to progress along the the uh, vector that we kind of uh, set during during my time as president, which is really gratifying. Uh, and I would say the second area that I really am pretty happy about uh, having had the opportunity to be a part in leadership is when I was a leader, leader uh, uh, chairperson of the Texas Medical Association Council on Science and Public Health. Um, I've always had sort of a spirit of public health and, and advocacy about me. And, and uh, it was challenging to lead a, a, a council that that handled a huge and broad assortment of of issues that that are certainly out of the wheelhouse of pediatricians, but are nevertheless very important. And again, being able to lead a, a, a body like that and, and achieve some semblance of progress was really gratifying. Awesome. Yeah, I think certainly in the, in a world of pediatrics and really in medicine where there's a lot of people suffering from burnout and other things, like finding those things that are rewarding um, or finding that niche outside maybe of your daily practice can be an important part of what we do here with this podcast is helping people identify where those where those roles are. So I love that, that you think that's the fish you feel that's something to be so proud of. I would say that involvement in these roles has has been an extremely important part of of my professional satisfaction. There's no doubt about it. All right. And so for our second question, so what do you think is the most important quality for a leader in pediatrics? 
I think the most important quality uh, to, in being a pediatric leader is is not necessarily specific to being a pediatric leader, but uh, is is kind of being consistent with leadership in, in other areas, which is understanding who you're leading, how to motivate them, how how to set an agenda, and how to competently uh, move toward achieving that agenda, um, and and not necessarily being the the flag waver at the front of the group, but leveraging the talents of the people around you to achieve those common goals. I think that's probably the most important thing. Oh, that's that's really great. So, uh, yeah, Jason, really, I want to thank you for coming on to the podcast today and talking about sort of these unique challenges in pediatric leadership. Um, we're going to hit a lot of these topics that you've really broached on in more detail in future episodes with yourself and uh, other leadership through throughout the institution, throughout the country, even involving some of the TCU faculty. So I think you've really set the stage well for, for what we're looking to do with future episodes of this podcast. So I really appreciate your time, and if there's anything else, you'd like to add, go right ahead. I guess my final point would be that future pediatric leaders are are just waiting to step forward. And it's a matter of responding to the tap on the shoulder, uh, the encouragement of a colleague to get involved. When given an opportunity to do something, you have three uh, potential outcomes, to try and succeed, to try and fail, or to fail to try. Uh, And it's the last option, which we really need to avoid. Um, you're not going to be faulted for making it your best effort. And most of the, most success is going to be started by just showing up and, and being a part of things. So I, what I would ask of people is listen to the, to the whisper in the ear and respond to the tap on the shoulder and, and show up. All right, guys, you've heard the challenge. So come back next week for the next episode of Pediatric Leadership. Thank you. You can find more episodes, or if you'd like to suggest a segment, go to checkupnewsroom.com slash pediatricleadership.